unreasonable restriction of the territory where a teleworker can perform his job duties can be potentially regarded violation of his constitutional right to freedom of movement, so this may result in potential disputes with teleworkers. Is there anything the employers could do to remain on the safe side and reduce potential exposure to risks? Now you cannot really understand whether employees start to work at home or from coffee and whether he opened his laptop solely or someone in a cafe can look at the desktop and, and see some confidential information. Welcome everybody to Alrud podcast, Be Aware and Share. I'm Irina Anyukhina, Head of Labor and Employment Team at Alrud. And today we would like to discuss with you the recent and rather significant changes in Russian labor law. Inspired by the speedily changing employment environment due to COVID-19, the initiative to introduce changes in the regulation of teleworking came into force from 1st of January this year. This change resulted in uh, one of the fastest created new laws passed in the history of the Russian Labor Code. Teleworking by itself accentuates the importance of effective HR policies like confidentiality, cybersecurity, compliance in workplaces, as well as switching all of us to the new reality of the digital and remote world. Today on air with me are Margarita Giazarova, expert of labor and employment practice at Alrud. Hello, everyone. And Anastasia Petrova, expert of labor and employment and data protection and cybersecurity practices at Alrud. Hi, everyone. So, Margarita, the changes of this year were much anticipated, largely expected, and have particular importance from a practical perspective. Why do you think they were so badly needed? I think that those changes were so badly needed, first of all, because in practice, almost everyone already used this new concept of remote employment, teleworking, which obtained a locality only in this January. And to bring some more context in our conversation, I would like to provide you with some comments regarding new regulations in terms of categories of teleworking and regarding new rules which are currently applicable to the employment relations between employers and remote employees. And I would say that the most important change is a rising of new types of teleworking. Earlier, we had only one permanent remote employment, meaning that if a company would like to introduce teleworking into their HR life, they had to permanently transfer employees to this regime of work. And now we have uh, four types of teleworking. First one is a classical permanent remote employment. Second one is continuous temporary remote work, meaning that in case parties would agree, the employee can be transferred to temporary remote work up to six months upon consent, of course. Third type is periodic temporary remote work, which is the most badly needed and the one which company and practice have been using for like six years already. But earlier that was not fully safe and not fully legal. And now the companies can agree on alternation of remote work and work from office, which is really very convenient. 
And the last but not least type of televolcano is urgency or emergency temporary remote work. And this one will apply in case something extraordinary happens or governmental bodies rules us to transfer employees to remote employment. And the particularity of this type of televolcano is about the fact that in order to transfer employees to this urgency temporary remote employment, employers do not need to require a request consent from those employees which you can imagine quite unexpected in Russian legal environment. As you might know, almost any move in framework of employment and labor in Russia requires employees' consent. And to highlight a bit new rules in terms of employment relations, I would also need to highlight that there are some new additional termination grounds for teleworkers as of January 2021, which is really very important because it's not a secret that in Russia there are very strict rules regarding termination. We have a very limited list of dismissal grounds and it was very significant to have something particularly designed for teleworkers. First additional termination ground is a situation where a teleworker doesn't get in touch with the employer for more than two working days in a row without a valid ground. And if this happens, employer must start dismissal procedure. Second additional ground applies to permanent workers only and means that in case permanent teleworker moves to another area or region of the country or even to another country, and this change of territory means impossibility to continuously fulfill employment with the employer, then employer can proceed with dismissal procedure. Given lack of such legal framework in the past, it sounds like The companies now have much more solid legal grounds, quite flexible in terms of combination to set up the appropriate approaches on HR-related matters. This sounds very encouraging from both legal and practical perspectives. Anastasia, are there any other particular issues to highlight or maybe some concerns? Exactly. The new legislation has resolved some questions for the remote employment. In particular, set out the regulations for mixed work in the office and remotely, which is now called periodic temporary remote work. At the same time, the new regulations have brought new questions on the table. One of the main points is the uncertainty with the new ground of dismissal in case a permanent teleworker has moved to another area and cannot work under the same conditions. It is unclear how an employer should know about this fact. It is also unclear whether the employer can restrict the territory where the employee performs job duties and to what extent. On the one hand, Russian labor code does not limit employers in this regard, but on the other hand, a teleworker does not have fixed workplace. Besides, unreasonable restriction of the territory where a teleworker can perform his job duties can be potentially regarded violation of his constitutional right to freedom of movement. Another concern that comes to my mind is absence of clear regulations regarding compensation of the operating costs of teleworkers. The labor code is quite clear regarding the employer's obligation to provide teleworkers with the necessary equipment or to reimburse use of their own equipment. However, the law does not answer the question about compensation of such operating costs as heating, internet, and etc. Of course, employers can establish the reimbursement rules for operating costs in their policies. However, not all employers will do this. The others will likely have different approaches in this regard, so this may result in potential disputes with teleworkers. Indeed, in addition to the progressive move forward, some gaps may still be quite burdensome. 
on one hand, uh, forewarned is forearmed. On the other hand, is there anything the employers could do to remain on the safe side and reduce potential exposure to risks, Margarita? Yeah, sure. And I would say that apart from just following the new federal rules, it's also really good idea to draw some attention to local policies, to local rules, on one hand. On the other hand, to contractual relations with those employees who are, will be transferred to teleworking or some new hires who will be hired exclusively as remote employees. From perspective of labor and employment lawyer, I would say that it's a very important to build a compliance system comprising most efficient policies and introduce or amend the existing ones. From formal Russian law perspective, of course, everything which put on the paper will have really great legal significance for in disputes or just managing the relations with the employees. And for this reason, in order to craft a working system with teleworkers, particularly designed employment contracts and additional agreements to existing employment contracts will work as a really good legal tool. And these actions are also necessary in order to have some managing power because from practical perspective teleworking means that employees can work from any place around the globe and if earlier all employees were inside an employer could control directly control their activities and uh, what they're doing every day now you cannot really understand whether employees start to work at home or from coffee and whether he opened his laptop solely or someone in a cafe can look at the desktop and, and see some confidential information So these are things which should be bared in mind. And I would also highlight here the importance of workplace compliance. I've said already, but it's really very important. And cybersecurity points, these are fundamental for building an effective and safe teleworking system. Anastasia, remote work uh, as well as digitalization of day-to-day business lives leads us to believe that total digitalization of communication could be here in the very near future. Or is it already new normal in view of the changes in Russian regulations, at least if we speak about interaction between employers and employees? To what extent such digital communication may become standard in Russia and what are the legal requirements to validate such communication? I would say that digital communication and documents exchange have become one of the most crucial need for business. Legal regulations regarding digital communication with employees were very poor before January 2021 and as of January 2021 employment documents with teleworkers can be executed digitally. Digital execution, however, implies use of digital signatures. We have three types of digital signatures. Simple digital signature, which is formed by means of logins, passwords, and codes. Enhanced qualified digital signature and enhanced non-qualified digital signature. Enhanced signature must have a verification key. The key for non-qualified enhanced signature can be formed by a software used by the employer for digital documents exchange. And the key for enhanced qualified signature is issued by special Russian organizations. As of January 2021, Employers can establish the types of digital signatures and order of digital communication with teleworkers in their policies. However, some documents must be executed only by enhanced digital signatures. These documents include employment contracts with employees, addendums to employment contracts, training contracts, full material liability contracts, and documents 
terminating the contracts which I mentioned. For these documents, employees can use qualified or non-qualified enhanced digital signature, and employers must use qualified enhanced digital signature. As for regulations for digital documents exchange with office employees, they are still very poor. We, however, expect that digital communication with all types of employers will continue progressing. And at the moment where we are, our recommendation for employers is to implement detailed policies establishing digital communication and documents exchange. Thank you for our conversation today and having highlighted the key issues of new normal. Indeed, the big changes come during difficult times. We greatly appreciate that you were with us today. Thank you for joining us. You are welcome to listen to our episodes on the Alrud website, where you will find many useful materials for the business community in the podcasts of iTunes, Google, and Yandex Music. In case you have any questions or suggestions, you are welcome to approach us via podcasts at alrud.com. Please stay in touch and we will be pleased to meet you again soon in the next episode of our podcast, Be Aware and Share. We wish you all a very nice day.